0: Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the Gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz.
1: Amen, amen, thank you, Ben. God bless you, praise the Lord. This theme of faith, it just resonates, being woven in and out of our hearts and minds of late, and I thank God for it. Let's take our Bibles and turn in God's Word tonight to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12. I want you to write down three words that God wants us to take to heart tonight, and they are the words, surrender, service, steadfastness. Surrender, service, steadfastness. That's what we see Illustrated, communicated in Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, verse 1 by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This matter of surrender, Paul said, now I implore you, I plead with you, I beg you even. See what God has done. He's been heavy on doctrine earlier in the book of Romans here. Now he's transitioning by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit into the application and the living out of that teaching, those truths of God's Word in the practical day-to-day life of the people of God. And so he says, yield yourself. Yield Your body, your all unto the Lord, present it, give it to God without reservation. He's already shown you great mercy. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, these mercies that have been shown to us, that have been presented unto us already in salvation, should prompt us to gladly, readily yield ourselves unto God without reservation. The mercies of God, they're never in any way extinguished or exhausted. They are new every morning. God gives us fresh mercies for every single day. By the mercies of God, hasn't he been so good to you? Do you not see his heart towards you, he's saying? Do you not realize it is of the Lord's mercies that you're right here tonight with the opportunity to do something for God with your life? It is of the Lord's mercies that you've not been consumed by your sin, condemned by your sin, separated from God by your sin forever and already in eternal hell. God has been merciful to you. See those mercies. Remember those mercies. Don't forget the goodnesses of God in your life that should prompt you to gladly, willingly surrender yourself to yield to the Lord. The word present there is the word yield that you read back in Romans chapter 6. Yield yourself to the Lord. Lord, here's my life. I give it to you. It's yours, not mine. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians 6 says. And so he says here present, yield your bodies as a living sacrifice. Jesus died. The sacrifices of the Old Testament, they were put to death there and laid on the altar before God. And God is not wanting us to die, as it were, as a sacrifice, but to live as a sacrifice, taking our hands off of our lives and saying, What time? What talent, what treasure I have, Lord, I yield it up to you. I want you to be honored. You've been so good to me. You've given me everything that I have. And so, Lord, I gladly, willingly yield it, present it, give it back to you. A living sacrifice, holy the word holy means something that has been set apart for God. Dedicated to God. It is holy in the eyes of God. We're accepted by God in Jesus Christ. We exchange our unrighteousness for His righteousness and now God accepts us in Jesus Christ. And God wants us to see that this is a holy matter. The claim that it has upon our lives a life that is to be set apart, dedicated uh, to Him. You know, that's what a church sanctuary is. It's a place that is set apart and dedicated for the service and the worship and the devotion of God. Do you see? And so God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God. This is what God is pleased with. This is what God uh, just truly looks for in our lives and God is accepting of that. I will receive you. I will gladly acknowledge the gift of your life, the surrender of your will, of whatever you would do for yourself. When You say, not my will but thine be done. That's what God is saying that is very pleasing to me. It's acceptable, pleasing unto God, which is your reasonable service. The word reasonable has a thought of that which is rational. We don't do this blindly. We don't do this naively. We do it with our eyes wide open, gladly saying, Lord, my life is yours to control. It's a conscious choice that you make. I'm going to give my life to God. I remember when God saved me as a senior in high school and God was dealing with me about surrendering my life to Him. He truly brought brought me to a place of understanding that He could do more with my life, given, surrendered, yielded, presented to Him, than I could do with my life. Because I was right there in that crucible of trial. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. I, I, I just don't know that I am sufficient for what you're calling me to do. And God brought me to a place to where I said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And God brought me to that place to where I said, I truly believe with my whole heart, God could do more with my life than I could do with my See, the reason a lot of times Christians even who won't, won't yield themselves to God is because they don't believe that. They truly believe to yield themselves fully to God is a step down, not a step up. They think it's a step that says, oh, wow, I'm going to miss out. Uh, there's so much that I could do perhaps for myself and in my own strength and my own ability, and I have to say no to all of that and yield to something that I don't see, that I don't know, that might be less than that? Oh, listen, that's really where the rub is in many people's lives. Not just young people, but moms and dads. We think that our way is better, our wisdom is better, but we miss not only who God is, but how great God is and how gracious God is. You can't out give God, and if you give Him the gift of your life, I want to tell you, God is going to honor that. God is going to multiply that. You say, of all the things that I could do for myself, look at all that I may be able to lay hold of. You say, I don't know if I want to miss out on that because if I yield to God, see, it'll be a step of faith, true faith. I don't know what God's going to do in my life, but I, by faith, believe He could do more. And so all the things that I might could do, remember what Paul said? I counted that but lost all that I did have. All the advantages and the opportunities and the investments made of others in my life, I counted it loss for the excellency of Jesus Christ that I might win Christ. I saw in Christ far more than I had in this world and that I had for myself. I saw in Him my all in all. And I thought, wow, I'll take Christ. Jesus laid aside the glories of heaven, laid aside all the privileges of the throne and humbled himself. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. Think of that. Not my will, but thine be done. Oh, he's just a lowly nobody and nothing. His own received him not. They rejected him. But I'll tell you, through weakness, human weakness, he accomplished the greatest thing that was ever accomplished in this world. And that was a payment for your sin and mine. And we're here tonight because we love him. The one who first loved us, right? Think about that. Moses Moses, he could have had all there in Pharaoh's house. He could have had so much there in Egypt. All their wisdom and all their riches. But he thought, no, no, no. uh, That's not really what is lasting. See, by faith he saw him who is invisible. and, and, And he thought he'd rather suffer reproach with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Oh, how many years have passed in what once was Demas' present world. It's long since been the past world for him. I want to tell you, we're going to have to make up our minds that through faith I see that God is greater, that in Christ I have far more riches than this world could ever offer me. Riches that do not fade, riches that last. He could do more with my life than I can do with my life. I want to serve God and go on this adventure of expectation and faith that says, wow, I wonder what God has in store for my life today. That's what Jack Hudson said years ago. Longtime pastor of Northside Baptist Church. He said, I get up every morning excited to see what God has in store for my life that day. Do you live with that spirit of expectation? We're not a defeated, discouraged, depressed people. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are a victorious people. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And I'm going to give Him my heart, give Him my all. And so he says here in verse 2, and be not conformed to this world. Don't let the, the world system, the values, the philosophy of this world stamp or imprint its mold upon your heart. Don't follow the world. Follow the Lord. Be not conformed to this world. But be transformed is the word metamorphosis, like a butterfly and the process that it goes through. Be transformed, that means change from within your very character. You're hid with Christ in God. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You have a new character, you have a new capacity. You don't have to sin. You can choose to do right. And the indwelling Holy Spirit will enable you to live that life of victory. Be it transformed by the renewing of your mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's so important that you're in the Scriptures every day. Because, see, we do have the old nature still. And that human nature, that thought process, is so oftentimes contrary to the Word of God. So as we get in the Word of God, that word renewal there has the thought of renovation. What do you do when you renovate something? You tear out the old and you replace it with the new. That's what the Word of God does. It cleanses us. It washes us. It takes out the old and it replaces it with the new. And that's what God wants us to do. Renew our minds that we may prove, that we may demonstrate, that we may testify to not with just our lips but with our life what is that good and acceptable, pleasing and perfect, the complete will of God for our lives. I want God's will to be completed in my life. I'm still living today, after all these years, by faith, excited about what God has for my life yet. Are you? You say, Well, I don't know. Oh, well, I've been there. I know what it's like to keep my head above water. I know what it's like to trust God for another rung of the ladder just to live to fight another battle another day. I've been there in those moments, but in those moments I found that I was not there alone. The Lord was there with me. Just like in that fiery furnace. Someone said you don't read there in the book of Daniel that Jesus ever came out of that fire. And the reason is, is because he's still in there waiting for you when you get there. And as he was with the Hebrew children, in their fiery furnace, he'll be with you in yours. I'll tell you, We have a faithful God. And so he says surrender. And then he talks about service, the gifts that God has given because of His grace imparted to us in verse 3 and measure of faith that God has given as well. And these different capacities and and, uh, gifts for service being one body in verse 5 and every member being uh, connected one of another. And we've got these various gifts according to verse 6 according to the grace that is given to us. And there are these gifts that He gives us, this gift of prophecy, uh, this gift of declaring forth the Word of God. We do that according to the proportion of faith. Not everyone is given the same gift or the same calling, and that's okay. Find out what yours is and yield it back to God and do it with a whole heart with the spirit of faith and expectation. Ministry would have the thought of serving the Lord in various capacities within the local church, including that of a deacon, because that's what a deacon is, is a servant. One called to minister and serve the local body of believers. Ministry, let us wait on our ministering or he that teacheth on teaching. There's a timing in these things. There's a tempering, a a preparing in these things. We trust God for his timing, for his preparation and development of those gifts and then the exercise of those gifts or he that exhorteth on exhortation. You know, there are some people that have a gift of encouragement to lift up the Lord, to lift other people up. I like to be around people like that, don't you? But think about it. God says that's a gift. Some people, when you're in their presence, you're encouraged. That's a gift from God. Isn't that right? And some of you maybe have never seen that in yourself. That, wow, I like to encourage people. I I like to befriend people. I remember in Bible college praying, Lord, would you make me an encourager? Lord, I just want to encourage people. That's a gift that God gives And sometimes we need to see that so we can perhaps be even more intentional with that. I was at Ken Walter's memorial service on Friday, a faithful servant of God. He texted me just a couple weeks ago, told me he was praying for me. They ask in the service, how many of you recently have received a phone call or a text from Pastor Walter's? Almost every hand in that service went up. And they said, this was a man that lived to encourage others. And we all are the beneficiaries of that. Isn't that amazing? Do you live to encourage people? Do you live thinking about others, considering them, in honor, preferring them, and their needs above your own even? Oh, God speaks of this matter of surrender, this matter of service. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. Do it with sincerity. Do it with a true heart before God. He that ruleth with diligence. There is a responsibility of leadership in the local church, and it's to be guided and governed with diligence, not slothfulness, but making the most of the opportunity. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Some people are just merciful people. Now, I want to tell you what. Exacting people, they struggle with merciful people. You know one thing a pastor must have? He must have a merciful spirit. If not, can you imagine the people He could hurt and discourage, even destroy. Some people, that's their spirit. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you worse. You you disappoint me, I'm going to disappoint you even more. Bring it on. God delivers from that kind of pride. Those people cannot bear with merciful people. And by the way, that means they're not right with God because if they were right with God, they would know that our God is a God of all mercy. And His mercy endureth forever. Think about that. I'm not talking about just tolerating sin and, and bearing with it unendingly, but praying and working and going as far as God will lead or others will even allow as you're trying to work with them and be merciful to them. By the way, be merciful to others because the day is going to come when you or your loved one is going to need someone to be merciful to them because God said, I've designed it this way unto the merciful, Thou wilt show thyself merciful. If you're exacted upon other people, you're going to reap what you sow. It's a gift to show mercy. So quit sizing people up and thinking, you know, well, they ought to do this. Or they ought to do that. Or, boy, if I was them, be careful having that kind of spirit. I'm glad that that's not the spirit of Jesus Christ. Because if it was, I'd been long gone. He would have wiped me out, written me off long ago. Isn't that Right? And by the way, be careful criticizing someone that God has put in the path of your loved one's life because if they need someone to show mercy to them, God forbid they go to someone who doesn't have a true heart for God in this world because they were turned away from someone who did have a heart for God. There's so much more at stake and on the line than we think so he says let love with be be without dissimulation that means without hypocrisy let it be genuine let it be true abhor hate that which is evil cleave to that which is good hold fast grab hold of what god has grabbed hold of you for be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Think about this. This is all about our service and our heart for God, our heart for others, and uh, those in particularly within. And then in verse 17 and following, those without the local church. It's all about having the right heart of surrender and service to the Lord and others. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Uh, Don't exalt yourself. Don't try to uh, get advantage over someone else. Uh, Be willing to yield. Be willing to submit to God. And even in honor, prefer another ahead of, over, and uh, above yourself. Not slothful in business. This is not a business, the Lord's work, but it must be managed in a business-like way. Because this is the work of God. And God's work is more important than any other work, and it must even prevail in the way it is stewarded and governed. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. There it is, serving the Lord. Underline that. This is all about our heart, our attitude, our spirit, our effort, our commitment, our understanding in the service of the King. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. There it is, verse 12, steadfastness, patient in tribulation. Steadfast, bearing up under, enduring troubles and trials. How do you do that? By rejoicing in the hope you have in God, a hope that is a lively, living hope. It's never going to fade. It's never going to get weak. It's never going to die. It's a living hope. It's alive right here and right now, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Be diligent, be constantly seeking the Lord is the thought, instant in prayer. Pray without ceasing. Walk in the conscious presence of Jesus Christ. Be in fellowship with God. Prayer is not just something you do at a certain moment of the day, but it's something you do throughout the day. As you walk with the Lord and you talk to Him in your heart and in your spirit. See, when we're steadfast in our surrender and in our service to God, we'll be steadfast in our commitment to one another and our generosity, distributing to the necessity of saints, helping each other out in times of need, given to hospitality. Are you a giver? Do you like to give? Do you like to serve? Do you like to help others? Well, God will bless you in that. And for those who just want to keep to themselves and be to themselves and kind of uh, hoard things, and it's like, I I don't, listen, God wants to mature your faith and help you to grow beyond that. Sometimes that comes from a a rough past where you didn't have much growing up. I was kind of that way you learn to take care of what you have. That's a good thing. But sometimes you learn to hold on to it because you're afraid you won't get anything else. You know what I've learned? God has an endless supply. Giving it shall be given. No, no. If I give, it's gone. It's gone. If I give it, I'm not. It's going to be gone. No, 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 no. If you keep it for yourself, you will lose it one day. But if you give it as unto God, you still have it because your reward is in heaven. But God has promised to replenish your supply. Because he said, give and it shall be given unto you. See, we've got to get into the realm of God's economy, this realm of faith, living by faith, surrendering ourselves to God, finding our place of service, serving Him and each other and those with Him, but then also those without. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. You can tell a lot about an individual where they are with God and the way they respond to those who are rejoicing and those who are weeping. Some people rejoice when others are weeping and they weep when others are rejoicing. That says everything about where your heart is before God. And if you can't rejoice in God blessing someone else, you need to ask yourself an honest question. Lord, what's wrong with my heart? What's wrong with me? Oh, they just think there's something that's what's wrong with me. Them, they're they're what's wrong with me. No, 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 no. You don't know how they've cried, prayed, waited, toiled, sacrificed, given. You don't know the story behind it. Thank God he keeps the record, right? Don't put yourself in the place of God. Don't weep when God blesses someone else. When I, through the years, would hear of God blessing another church, I'd always say, praise God. It ne- never even caused me to hesitate, thinking, wow, I mean, what have they got going there? Wow, why are they? I, I've heard people say stuff like that. Oh, they're probably just growing because they're compromising. I, I've heard so many things like that through the years. Oh, God is really doing the work. God's blessing. Oh, yeah, you know, but they're not strong in this area. There's always a reason to talk it down. I'm telling you, you're revealing more about who you are than who they are whoever they are. Isn't that right? Rejoice with them that do rejoice. If God's blessing them, I'll tell you what, it shows you this, if you do know of a fault they have, it ought to be reassuring to you because it's like, well, if God can bless them knowing some of the challenges they have, I'm sure he can bless me because I've got challenges too. You say, well, wait, do I have challenges? Oh, yes, you do. And you know that no one else needs to tell you that, right? If you're honest before God, you know that already. People say sometimes it's like, you know, let me tell you about this person. And here's where I'm at with it. I used to really struggle with that. It used to bother me because I thought I'm trying. And meanwhile, God knows I'm just trying so, so sincerely. And, and then this and that. And, and it's like, you know, let me tell you about this. And here's where I'm at with things like that. It's like, well, if someone wants to tell you about me, let me pick up where they left off because it's much worse than they said. Isn't that right? And for those who are self-righteous and think, huh, why would you say something like that? Hold on, God will teach you because one of the great gifts that God will do is God one day will pull back the veil and give you a glimpse of your own heart. And I promise you this, it's far uglier than you can imagine. It's the most pitiful and painful thing I've ever seen. For our heart is desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? And if you don't think you've got a sinful heart, you know what? I really don't want to interact with you very much because you're blinded. By your pride and your self-righteousness. Isn't that right? We all need God's grace and God's forgiveness. So he says, be of the same mind, verse 16, one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. If you have the right view of God, the right view of yourself, it won't exalt you. It won't puff you up. It will humble you is what he's saying. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. But by the grace of God, we are who we are. Recompense, pay no man evil, for evil provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink, for in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with You just do what's right, even when others do wrong by you. And there's a God in heaven who will bless you. As you rise above, I've heard people say things like, well, some people, when they go through a hard time, it just wipes them out, it devastates and destroys them and their relationships with others. But some people go through hard times and they're able to kind of bounce back. They're able to weather it. What's the key to that? I'll tell you what the key to that is. It's not giving in to that evil. It's realizing that love is more powerful than hate. And good is greater than evil. Isn't that right? Don't you be overcome with evil, but you rise above it by doing what is right. And there's a God in heaven who will bless you. Do you believe that? So be steadfast. Patient in tribulation. Endure hardness in faith because God will give you the grace to not only bear up to continue on, but to rise above to prevail. I want to live that kind of life, don't you? I really do. And God wants us to be that kind of people with that kind of heart, that caliber, that character, that commitment of surrender, service, and steadfastness. Let's stand tonight with our heads bowed. Lord, we live in a fallen, broken world that needs the light and the love of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, would you help us tonight to yield ourselves fully to you so that we won't make things that you've given us to do through this local church about us. but We'll make it about you and others, Lord. We'll make it about your glory and not our own. Lord, I pray that you would give us a commitment, a steadfastness, to find our place of service within this local church and fulfill it Gladly from our hearts is unto you. I'm doing what I'm doing because God put me here. and God has given me this ability and this opportunity, and I'm going to use it for His glory because I'm going to meet Him with it one day and give account. Oh, God, help us. Help us to be people who rise above. Lord, as I, I've heard people say that some people, when they, they struggle, they really struggle, and they give up and they turn on people. But some people, when they struggle, they turn to God And somehow they just get through it. They just get through it. And they just keep going. God, help us to be those kind of people. Just get through it. Help us to die to self. Help us to yield to you. Help us to keep short accounts with you and each other, Lord. When we err, Lord, may we truly humble ourselves and say, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Lord, thank you that we have a heart, your heart, that is ready to forgive. Hezekiah said, the Lord was ready to save me. Your heart was just awaiting his cry to answer his prayer, to bring deliverance for him. God, that's your heart toward us. May that be our heart toward each other. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name.
0: Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church, located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube, and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.